I get my nom, nom, nom on with the my top chicks and we will eat on, eat on the weekly dish. Talking about cocktails and shocking. I know herbs. Herbs. Do herbs. You, uh, can we say you can do anything you want? How are you supposed to say it? Herbs. Herbs. Okay, not herbs. You could say herbs, and I wouldn't be. For some reason, that I don't get mad at you for. If you say herbs. If you said herbs, herbs I wouldn't correct you. Isn't that funny? Yeah. For all the things that I, you correct me. I do as much as I get on you for stuff. We. I've been wanting to talk about this concept of herbs. And herbs and cocktails. Yeah. Because I feel like it could be having a moment, but maybe it's just having a moment in my house and they've been out there all along. It's your discovery. Because I'm thinking about um, gardening and I'm thinking more about the herbs I'm going to grow. I also like to drink gin and vodka Mm -hmm. and I like to drink it particularly in the summer. So I'm thinking about ways to make it feel fresher. Mm -hmm. And when I see like a gin or a vodka cocktail with something that looks a little limey with a cucumber sprig or a round and a sprig of thyme or a sprig of rosemary, like automatically that is a drink I want to drink. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that there's uh, something about that, too, that where herbs are, are accessible early. And right away. You know what I mean? Like if we're gardening and we have to wait for our tomatoes, we have to wait for everything else. Herbs are there. Like I have basil. I have sage available. I've got rosemary going. Like I can make this happen right now. And so that's a big piece of, I think, for spring and summer kind of lilting. But also just that sort of bringing nature back into your life. And up here in the cold north, we have to shut it out for a little while. And so bringing that back in and the outdoors into any way you can. But one of the things I think that gets missed in cocktails often is the aromatics. Because I think, not in general, but I'm saying, like, when you're making a drink at home, people tend to, we tend to assemble pretty quickly. Yeah. We tend to say, you know what, I'm going to throw gin and tonic in here, maybe a squeeze of lime. You know, you see the guys at the bars and they're, like, slapping their stuff and they're, like, lighting, you know, a little quick spritz of something. And all of that is aromatics that is designed so that when you bring that glass to your face, the very first thing you're doing, you breathe in and that affects what it tastes like. They know that. For some reason, it's harder for us as home mixologists. I never thought about that. That's why they're doing all that. That's why they're doing it. It's not necessarily the flavor. They're giving you a moment, a puff before you sort of bring that liquid into your face. And one of the things that's easiest way to do that is just jamming a sprig of something in the glass so that when it gets up to your face, before you have even put anything in there, you're experiencing something. Okay. I like that idea. At Charlie Broder. So Charlie Broder, when we were sitting at his, at Terzo, he had this big sprig of uh, rosemary in this Aperol drink that had this, this uh, gingered kombucha in it. Yeah. And it was like, it was like all those flavors I knew were coming. And in my mind, I knew what was coming. But the first thing that hit me was I breathed in that rosemary and it kind of put it into a different place for me. Yeah, that woody scent. Yeah. Um, I did go to FEMA's this week and there's a bartender there. I think his name is Evan. And he... I think it's not... It's not is Sean it Sean? Jones. Yeah, yeah, Sean. Sorry, Sean. Jones. Sean. So they had a a wooden paddle 
And on one end of the paddle was like these wood chips that yeah. they started on fire. Mm-hmm. And then they took a rocks glass and stuck it over the fire to put out the fire, but also to infuse the glass with smoke. Mm-hmm. And then they flipped it up and put the big Minnesota nice ice cube sphere in Minnesota there. Minnesota pure clean ice. Yep. And then um, put the whiskey over the ice and then with the orange, it wasn't just that they like rubbed it along the rim. It was like they did something where they twisted it over the drink to give you that orange oil smell mm-hmm. when you get it up to your. So here you have this drink that has smoke, orange. You know, it was very complex bringing it up to your face. Yeah. And I, it, it seemed like a lot of work. They were lighting a lot, a lot of, of cocktails work. on fire. Yeah. Um. But it was interesting, and it yeah. certainly created some kind of a show. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of that where we kind of wonder about, but that's kind of also, you wonder about flavors a lot, because you're always worrying about, like, does this mix with this? Will this be bitter? Will it be sweet? But you kind of never enter the the smell, of, like, the aroma into the equation, and so that's interesting. if you, like, when you are making drinks in your own house, like, do you use herbs? I do. I do. I, um, if we're doing a garden thing for sure, if we're sitting outside, um, but I don't, I, I'm also very much, you know, I, I'm mostly like you do you in my house. I have everybody at my bar because it's so big and I can't possibly decide for you what you should have. Out Um, of her 200 bottles of liquor, just to be clear. It's a lot. Um, but there's an aspect of if I was going to stock things. Like, I had a friend who said to me, he goes, I've been trying to drink. He's like, I was in Miami, and I was drinking mojitos like crazy. He goes, I came up here, and I was like, hey, can I get a mojito? And they're like, yeah, we can't do that. He's like, why can't they do a mojito? I'm like, they don't have mint. Yeah, the and fresh I thought, mint. I'm like, that's the funny thing. It's like, they won't make it for you because they can't because they don't have mint, which I appreciate. Don't try to fake it with something else. But at the same time, why aren't you having mint in your bar? Like, that's such an easy thing to me. And that is such a changer. It totally changes the aspect of a drink. It's not a garnish. It is a flavor, you know? What Do you, like, when you go to a well-stocked bar, do you see, like, rosemary and thyme and no, mint? Well, and... I mean, if you go to the ones that are the mixology bars, yeah. you know, the ones who care, like Parlor Bar and, you know, like P.S. Steak, those guys, and then even, you know, I mean, my God, Marvel and everybody sure. else. Of course. Of course. And then... I think it's more of like your neighborhood bar that maybe you'll find a guy who's like interested in doing something cool. So he brings in more stuff. Well, and I think with the bootlegger really taking over this summer, because I think Tattersall will have a lot to do with that, that we'll see more mint. Yeah, I believe that, too. I believe that there's a big push for that kind of stuff, too. And I mean, the funny thing is, is like, I think in a weird way, because cocktails are getting... Better cocktails are getting better. And then better cocktails are actually getting easier because of if you think about the pre-batching and the cans and the man's old fashioned in a bottle. All of that, to me, is like as we're moving towards, there are going to be more cocktails and cans coming out this summer. And you're going to find that, okay, since I'm just opening a can for a drink, maybe there's another little thing that you can do to make it special. And so I think that's where we're talking about herbs and we're talking about, you know, doing something a little bit more as a garnish, you know? I have these um, lavender seeds that someone gave me, and they're like, oh, you use them in drinks. And they just sit in my cupboard, and I have no idea what to do with them. Someone said to make a syrup and, like, use them to infuse the syrup. Well, and infusions is, to me, you know, like a a step, a thoughtful step ahead. Because you're not going to just, you know, clip some stuff and stick it on your bar. Right. It's something that you really are going to make. And that is, I mean, I'll never forget... uh, you know, Eric Eastman came on the show one time and he talked about his watercress infused gin. And I think he's making that now. And it is 
It was nuts how good that is. And okay, what a, did he do? Uh, just put watercress in the gin? Yeah. Because watercress is kind of a peppery it's peppery. herb. Yeah, and you just let it sit. And then you let it kind of, you know. Oh, I'm going to totally do this. Yeah, cause... it's either gin or vodka. I wish I might have to ask him about that because I know he's making some this weekend, actually. What's interesting is there's a stream in Ely where we get our fresh water. Mm-hmm. And so we go to the stream all through the summer. And it's full of watercress in the spring. And I didn't realize it until last year. And I harvested a bunch and we ate it as in salads. In salads, yeah. But so it would be real easy to grab a bunch of that and yeah. put it in something. Yeah. And I think it's all it is is it needs to sit for a day. You know, if especially if it's fresh, you don't have to sit. You don't have to stick it in a dark room and wait for six months. It's a it's a day or two at the most okay. because it's so fresh. Yeah, I need to check in with him. Yeah, on I that. would say text him and find out. But that's something that, like, to me, that's the kind of stuff that I play with. Like, I found those hops growing, you know, on the side of the road over by my house, and I harvested a bunch of those. And I stuck I wouldn't them in know whiskey. what a hop looked like if it hit me over the head. If you you if you <laughs> ran by it every day, you would actually because everybody uses them in their freaking logos. It's those little pine cones green pine cone shape things okay you would see yeah, like, maybe. you would see it and you'd be like why do i know what that is yeah i and might then you would, and then you would smell it and you'd go well that smells like an ipa okay because i really do know i like plants yeah so i'm always in the woods like yeah. looking you for would things. know and and that's the thing is like so i grabbed a bunch of that those little and they're papery and they're very cool and i infused some whiskey and i thought i don't know hopped whiskey sounds kind of interesting and it was you're so good. funny. You always have the weird experiments. I, I love that about I, you. We absolutely have a science lab going on at our house all the time. What about, um, I like to make cilantro limeade. Oh, yeah. And then mix drinks with that. Yeah, that's a good one. It, Ooh, you always have one. lime, you always have cilantro stems, yeah. right? Yeah. So Yeah, it doesn't even have to be the leaves. No, like, that's the and best just part. blending them up if you want the, yeah. or just infusions if yeah. you don't want that. Mm-hmm. You can get a lot of flavor out of a cilantro stem, which is, I think, why they use it so much in Indian cooking. Yeah. Also, if you think about, like, teas, you know, tea is just basically like a sun tea, and by throwing a little bit of rosemary in your sun tea and letting that sit outside or and throwing a little bit of basil in there. had an Earl Grey infusion with lavender. Oh, maybe yeah. Maybe that's, maybe yeah. put those lavender buds with the Earl Grey tea. Yeah. And then yeah, lavender to me is, a, is an herb that I don't I don't like ingesting. I like to have. I think it smells lovely, and I have that feeling. It's just too soapy in my mind, and that's me. That's that same thing where people, when you have like you buy the toilet cleaner and it's minty, and you're like, but mint is a flavor, and this is a toilet, so I'm having a problem here. Like mint is a flavor. I've never thought about that. Oh my god, I think about it all the time, and so like lavender, I'm like, but this is. This is laundry. I don't want this to in be my in mouth. my mouth. Yeah, yeah that's like, funny. Uh-huh. What about sage? Do you ever, because I feel like sage is a very underutilized herb, but I, I don't know. know what to do with it. You know what's funny? I feel like sage had its moment in the 80s, and maybe that was because it was like <laughs> Southwest Tex-Mex kind of thing. There was a lot of sage in that kind of idea, mm-hmm. but I used to use it. God, we used to, there was a point where my kids were like, could you back off on the sage? <laughs> because like I would put it in, I'd make gnocchi, I'd put it in that. I would In make, the butter. Yep. Oh my God, I'd put it in pastas, i put it in butter, i put it in, I just, I don't know, I use it a lot. And I always grow it, but I don't use it as much anymore. I That's like to dry it because it's easy to grow and then you just turn it upside down and you dry it and then you have like nice sagey for Thanksgiving. But yeah. past that, yeah, like, I, I like actually those little sage leaves, the nice big flat ones. If you, you can fry them in butter. Oh yeah. And you just like, like a quick little fry in a pan and a little salt and those things like, Better than dried, but like, cause they're kind of like laying on top of a chicken breast that's been grilled is silly. Okay. I was also telling someone, I don't feel like I grill lemons enough. 
Yeah. And like all these, everywhere you go in like a steakhouse, they're serving it with the grilled lemon along the side that you squeeze over your meat. It's so easy to grill lemons when you're on the grill and I just never do. And I think that makes a good drink too. Actually, one of my favorite things has been that I learned that I forget. And it's like only when we start to talk about it do I remember. But slicing huge, fat, thick slices of lemon and then grilling both sides of those. And then you put that in the bottom of a glass and you, with a little bit of like simple syrup, or even for this case, you put just a tiny bit of sugar and you just jam, 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 jam. And then you just toss tequila on top of that. Oh, yeah. I really like that. That's a that's a like a tequila sour in a weird way, but it's like this grilled lemony thing. So you get the smoke yeah, without it's... it being mezcal, which isn't my favorite. Right, exactly. Like I don't Oh that sounds I delicious. Don't love the only smoke I really love to ingest is like if it's a good smoked rib or if it's a Lafroig, which is a scotch. <laughs> that then... tastes like you're sucking on a campfire log. And I'm fine with that, but like I don't love overly smoked things. There is uh, a couple of things that are rose flavored. So like rose water, I feel like is yeah. having a moment. Yeah. Fentiman's has a rose lavender. Yeah. it's That's part of the whole rosé thing. I think it's just sort of as like people are sort of tumbling forward with all things that are pink and rosy. And I don't know. I, I, I'm trying to really decide. I've kind of talked a lot about not loving all the rosé things. Like mm-hmm. I didn't love the rosé surly beer. Uh, sociable cider has a rosé cider that I was like, mm, meh. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a crooked, um, it's not crooked water. It is hard water that is hibiscus. Oh, yeah. By Fair State. Hibiscus rose. Right. It wasn't my favorite. Right. I'm, I'm wondering if, like how you talked about when you see lavender, you don't want to ingest it because it's a smell. I'm wondering if when I see rosé things... I have this feeling in my mind about like a rosé bubble or like a raspberry flavor or some kind of flavor profile that is associated with pink when I see it. And then if it's not that or not sweet, I don't like it. But you like rosés of different natures. Love. Yeah. So I think I think you've trained yourself out of that. But I do think that like a rosé flavor, when they're trying to use that as a flavor, rosé is, because it is not a sweet thing anymore, it's not white Zinfandel. We have come into yeah. these French things that are not, but yet it's also not that. I don't, I don't, I, the extensions on those f- kind of frustrate me too. Okay. Cause I just feel like. Cause there's I... rose and then there's rosé. Like those are two different things. Rosé is a description of the color of the grape stems and everything else. It has nothing to do with the flower. Not a thing other than the color. And so then when we have these rose flavored things, it's like it's they're trying to correlate it and it's mixed up. It's like saying that a blueberry tastes blue. You know, it yes. doesn't. And, the, and if you see like a blue flavor thing, you might think that like electric sugary thing. But then a blueberry is tart and it's not blue. And I feel like I'm having a disconnect and and when I have the thing, then I'm like, ooh, it's not what I thought or expected, and therefore it's registering as don't like it. Yeah. But maybe it's just didn't expect it. Right. Yeah. And some of them just have really not a lot of flavor, period. No. I know. It's sort of like a watered-down version of whatever it was you were trying to present, yeah. whether it's a beer or a cider. And I, I'm sorry. I always feel like I'm just a marketing schlub, too. Like, oh, this is just meant to make me like beer when I don't like beer. Or... It's like something light. Yeah. It's their version of like, here's the gateway to yes. our really flavorful things. Yes. And I just feel like it's like, meh, meh, half yep. flavor. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Like, I think the one thing that I have sort of found successful was the uh, Kettle One infusions. 
Okay, Stephanie. And those are lovely. Love them. Yeah. And that is to me. And like, want to not like them and right. love them all. But the grapefruit rose, that's the Fantastic. one that I was thinking of. And it's because it's not overly floral. No. It's not trying so hard. And I stopped. Like I used to like absolute grapefruit. And then it just started to feel fake. And it does I just, get tinny. Yeah. The more Things I drank tinny, it, the more chemical. I was like, hmm. That Kettle One Rose Grapefruit Botanical, I really enjoy. Yeah. With that Fentiman's Elderflower Syrup. Oh. oh See, I just drink, drink it straight with a LaCroix. Yeah. Like a little pomplamousse. And then that's a good one where you, like I put in basil in that one. Because to me, that is like a sweetness that's not sweet. Like I get the f- smell of the basil. And so I, it's like my mind kind of goes into a sweet place a little bit more. And I'm still more savory, clearly, than because we know that it's not like a sugar sweet. But it's, you know. How about a um, cucumber skin? Yeah, you know, or how just you peel cucumber, a cucumber at all. And just... I know. I used to drink cucumber sake all the time. Like I would what get is a, that? we'll just get a thing of sake and then just you know, um, the otokiyama, which is a great dry sake, a jinju, um, is like a, a you know kind of a nice summer sipper. We don't talk about that anymore. Like we don't have sake around anymore. But to me, that was like you pour that over a little bit of ice with some cucumbers Yum. in there. That was my favorite thing to do summer wise. And wish... actually, you used to take little cucumber cups. And then you would like make yes. a little sake sipper out of Why it. Why aren't we making cucumber cups? No, we should. Because it's a lot of work. <laughs> yes, but they're adorable. Maybe if you are in a place where you are growing so many cucumbers this year. I have cucumbers. I know, but like think about it. Like we'll have to talk if about this grow. in July. <laughs> you know, when they're like, oh my God, I'm overrun with cucumbers. And making little, you know, these little like shot glasses out of them. I used to do that all the time in college, like post-college. Is that weird? No, it's funny. So I like funny. it. Uh, you could use them too as the cups for like garnishes. So well, you if you're serving burgers or yeah, you could, I mean like you could do, I mean, I'm not saying stuff it with cream cheese. I'm saying like, like make a dip. With cream cheese. Like you could do a salmon dip and put it in there too. I'm still obsessed with this morel mushroom I had at Bardo that was stuffed with like a pea ricotta. And then it had the chive flowers over the top of it. Yeah. They do beautiful. Oh. I know. Who knew you could like stuff a morel like that? It was just fantastic. I don't know if I'd want a morel stuffed like that. It was really it good. It was good. Okay. It was subtle. I just am so wanting it was the light. It was airy. I it like the pea flavor accentuated the earthiness of the mushroom. It was like oh, a really perfect bite. Um there was also uh we had a burrata with a little pea a fresh pea Recently? sort of thing. Yeah, at Pizza the Lola when I was doing the drinking. Oh. So that was really good too. Yeah, I mean, more burrata, please. Is burrata seasonal, though? Like, nope. I feel like we eat it it's all year. only in a buffalo season thing. No. Uh-uh. Okay. It shouldn't. I mean, like, you can buy it all year round, I guess. And I think of it for sure with, like, fresh tomatoes and caprese. That's usually why you think about Yeah, I think. But, I mean, like, we've eaten burrata on, you know, just spread on toast or, you know, in a mix of other vegetables, I it's guess. It's fresh ricotta season, too. Let's not lie about that. It's never not fresh ricotta season. I know, but in, like, when you have the fresh vegetables yeah. and you can, like, have grilled a slab of grilled bread and just throw that on That's the table for summertime. That's true. It is with a grilled situation. Yeah. It's just, oh, yeah. yum. I was using it on, you know, like, basically, yeah, everything. Eggs all winter. All winter long. Eggs, chives. What do you do? I have a lot of chives. What should I be doing with my chives? Chive um, butter? Yeah. I just eat them. We make, we put them in like everything and we have so many that I kind of, I let them go too, but I usually yeah. sprinkle like I'm, I'm waiting for the buds to flower so that we can sprinkle those on things I do too. like a chive blossom. Yeah. That's really pretty on a piece but of food. Like just eating them in, yeah, like I don't, like instead of green onions, I don't buy green onions now. 
Like for the rest of the summer, I won't buy green onions because I'll just go out oh, and snip chives. Yes, and I don't do that. Yeah, and I need like, to think about that. Yeah, instead of in like even in salsas or even in anything, I I just like it's funny because I know I'm like oh I'm stopping my green onions purchasing now because I'm only going to do chives. Chives. You must have a lot. So many. They grew <laughs> like the house came with a like a whole side of the house of chives. Oh, I love that. And so that. I always walk out and I'm like, all right, here's a bunch. Yeah, your chive garden. Yeah. All right, so some ideas for okay. you with cocktails and yeah. herbs and... Eating and uh, all the rest. Yeah, and the garden is planted in Ely. It is, when we planted it, it was like 45. Yeah. So we'll see what grows. We had beets and beans and um, basil. I'm trying to think of all the things. We had a lot of onions. Uh, onions are a weird thing to plant. You plant like the little chivey onion. Yes. I that was yeah, I wasn't the bulb. Yeah. Yeah. That was interesting. Yeah. I'm learning a lot about gardening. I, cho- I I planted Japanese onions last year and I was like they look like I could eat them now. Yes. And then you plant them and I'm like I mean they got bigger, but I mean like it just didn't feel like I was like growing anything. <laughs> I thought next time I'm going to do this I have to start from seed or something or I mean maybe you start with one bulb but then they don't come back. I yeah, don't know. I don't know. Cause... I basically felt like I would absolutely Eat this onion and no. I'm going to plant it to eat more yeah. onion. It feels weird. Like, where do you start with those? Yeah. I don't know. We did plant um, some broccoli. I'm excited to see if that grows. And yeah. it'll just be really fun. So, all right. All right. That's it. Stay tuned. Ciao, and ciao. Make sure you tell your friends and subscribe to the Weekly Dish Podcast. And I should say, we don't say this enough, but it helps if you give us a rating because then the algorithm works where more people are able to get exposed to the podcast. So yeah. if you could give us a rating, that would be awesome. And I hope you like it. And if you do like it, tell people. I had to actually take a woman's phone at the gym and put a podcast app on it and subscribe to our podcast because she was like, I really want your podcast, I need, I but need, I don't I know need. how to do this. Yeah. So spread the podcast love if you're a podcaster. Have a great day.